0: The psalmist said, it it was good when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's still good, amen? We're in this series called 1 John. And if you're new to Discovery, whether new to this Discovery with this series, you just started coming during the series, or it's your first time today, uh, i like to use a a variety of teaching methods to, to teach the word of God. There's topical studies I do, character studies. This one is a book study. We're taking it verse by verse. The book of first john small book five chapters in your new testament but it's it's a powerful book written by the apostle one of the 12 disciples john later on in his life and and, and if you miss any of these messages they're all online they're on our website and stuff but we've talked about and john has showed us a few things he's we, we talked about walking in the light and he contrasted light versus darkness last week we talked about walking in truth and we talk about truth versus falsehood and deception today the title is walk in love somebody say love yeah we use that that word very loosely don't we I think it's very casually it could mean a variety of things depending on the context that you're using it Uh, but John is going to help describe what love really is is when we say walk in love and how god has called us to walk in love what is that love we're going to define it clearly john's going to define it clearly for us today first john chapter 3 verse 11 is where we're going to pick up you guys for this is the message you heard from the beginning you should love one another anyone who does not love remains in death okay as we go further into this letter now we're in first john chapter 3 towards the middle of it you see a recurring theme all throughout John's letter is love, but, but he's not being repetitious when he's talking about love. Every time he brings up love, he's bringing a different angle, a different perspective about it. When he originally talked about love, he, he, he said you were to walk in the light. That was, that was light versus darkness was a measure of love. In chapter 2, he said we're to love one another because we're born of God. And in and, and this chapter, in chapter 3, he's going to go even deeper about what real love is he probes deeper into it that loving our brothers and our sisters in christ he says is not just a matter of light and darkness it's a matter of life and death here's why first john chapter four verse seven and eight he says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from god everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god verse eight but whoever does not love does not know god because god is love in this section of, of John's teaching here in his letter, it's, it's like the central piece. It's so important to his entire letter. He's going to give us four levels of relationship that we, could, that we can, so to speak, relationship, that we can operate on or, or, or live by, these four different levels. This is another test of what true saving faith looks like. The first three levels are, are what John says, that's walking in death. That is not the life God has called you to that is not to walk in love it's the fourth level of relationship that authenticates our faith that we are to walk in these four levels first John chapter 4 verse 1 says this dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are of God because there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna test the spirit today to see if what we are operating by is truly the spirit of God or the spirit of this world. Is it the spirit of death or the spirit of life, okay? Four levels, let's do it. The first level, simply put, is murder. Murder, yeah. It's the lowest level that you can operate in relation. How many murders do we have in here? Anyone, anyone? See if I, I've tried. I'm trying to catch someone slipping every every service, and I ha ha. We got like 54, 54 officers in this church, so I think we're pretty safe. You guys, we're pretty safe here. But murder, of course, is the lowest level that you can live in relationship to like someone else. And John gives us the example of Cain in this section, verse 12. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous cain is an example here of of hatred his story is found in genesis chapter 4 it's the first book of the bible where cain and abel two brothers they brought sacrifices to god now check this out cain here in the scripture is not presented as some atheist he's presented listen he's presented as a worshiper meaning this here's the point that john is making children of the devil can masquerade as children of the light they can attend religious gatherings just like Cain did, They can bring offerings, but these actions themselves don't, don't prove. They're not proof that we're born of God. The test, the real test John is saying, is that we love the spiritual family, and that's where Cain failed. okay? Because everyone has a spiritual lineage and a physical lineage. Cain's spiritual father was the devil. Now that doesn't mean that Satan literally like fathered Cain, it means that the attitude that Cain had originated in the spiritual realm of darkness where Satan is scheming evil and deception. Cain murdered his brother and then lied about it. God comes to him, remember, and says, where's your brother? And he says, I know not. Okay, this level murder is the level on which Satan operates himself. That's where he exists is on this level. Look what Jesus says about Satan in John chapter eight. It says, Jesus said to them, now the them in this section is actually religious leaders. He's talking to religious people right here. He says this, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I've come from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language so hard for you? Why is it not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. See, the house you belong to determines what you hear. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. There's two things that this, this, the devil desires. Look what, first, he was a murderer from the beginning. And second, he doesn't hold on to the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus is the one that actually revealed that Satan is the prince of this world. And he controls this world through these two things, murder and deception. Okay, so John again is making a contrast here. He's saying Satan is murder and deception, but God is love and truth. And your spiritual father, listen to me, your spiritual father is determined by who you're listening to. Your your spiritual house determines what you're hearing. And at this point, a lot of you are going, well, I never murdered nobody. All right, let's go to level two. Okay, write this down. The second level relationship, John says, is hatred. This is another word that we can use loosely, isn't it? Man, I hate that. Man, I, I hate him. I hate them. Yeah, we can use this word very loosely. Look what John says in verse thirteen. Don't be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates. Of course, they they live in that. That's the prince of darkness, man. Of course, the world. Don't be surprised when the world hates or even hates you. We know that we pass from death. To life remember this is a matter of life and death not just light and darkness we know that we pass from light from death to life because we love each other anyone who does not love remains in death verse 15 look what he says anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a what is a murder. and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him here's what John is saying to hate your brother or sister is to murder him in our hearts. Now, you might not carry out the action of that heart disposition, whether it's because you're afraid of them or you're afraid of the punishment you're going to death, you're, you're going to get. But we wish death on them. Sometimes we wish the death of someone's marriage, the death of someone's calling, the death of someone's career, the death of someone's dream. Sometimes even by ignoring another person, we're treating them as if they were dead. See, murder can either be passive or active. There was this guy who was at, this, at the zoo chatting with the, the lion keeper about the lion's den. He was like, oh, look at how cute these lions are. I got cats, and look at this. They're doing the same things, how they play with each other. and It's a shame we got to keep them behind these bars. And the innkeeper said, no, you don't understand. They might have the same mannerisms as your cat, as your cat but these cats have murder in their hearts. You better be thankful that there are bars around them. Here's, I think, what we need to understand. I think the only reason why some of us have never actually murdered somebody is the bars we have around us. It's the the, the fear of arrest, of shame, of the penalties of law, of the possibility of death. We will all be judged by the law of love. And, And the question isn't so much, what did you do? The question is, what did you want to do? Like if you had complete liberty, To do as you please what would you have done that's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 you have heard that it was said to the people long ago you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment but Jesus says I I, I need to get to the root of this though not just the action the root of it I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will actually be subject to that judgment therefore If you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you look what he says leave your gift like stop pretending to worship me when you got that offense and bitterness and stuff stored up in your heart look I would rather God is saying I would rather you stop stop the whole praise charade put it down go be reconciled with your brother he says leave it there at the altar and first someone say first 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 before I continue this whole walk with Jesus and my own relationship with Jesus my own, first go be reconciled and then God's come on back now we're ready to have an authentic relationship then you can come on back now, now Jesus and John they're not saying that hate in your heart is the same thing does the same damage as murder nor is it the same kind of degree of guilt and actual murder that's not what they're saying I'm pretty sure that your neighbor would actually prefer you to continue to hate them than to kill them you know what I'm saying there's a difference here right but in God's kingdom hatred is the moral equivalent to murder the fact that you've never actually murdered someone shouldn't make you proud or complacent the Apostle John and Jesus are going further and they're asking yeah but have you ever harbored hatred in your heart listen child of God you need to have discernment to test the spirits to see what spirit are we operating from. Is it life or death? Why is it so easy to harbor hatred in our heart? It happens so, it happens just by opening the door a little bit. And I want to show, I, I show you the three doors of deception, I'm calling them, that, that kind of we just, we just crack it open a little bit and it's a slippery slope three doors that the enemy will come in and deceive you here it is the first the first door is this the spirit of offense and unforgiveness we allow that door to be open and to harbor offense and unforgiveness in our hearts every time you refuse to forgive or you fail to overlook the weaknesses of your brother or your sister your heart not only hardens towards them listen to me it hardens towards god as well you can't allow a negative opinion about somebody else to crystallize in your mind every time you do your heart gets that much colder and colder toward god you may still think you're open to god but god's word and his voice is not able to get through the hardness of your heart amen pastor jason i will amen myself if you don't listen to me this is good stuff man i'm just saying the second door is pride the spirit of pride and insecurity those two things they seem like opposites but they often go together you know some some of you know the most prideful people are filled with the most insecurity it's that pretty girl who thanks God that she's not ugly but uh, on the other hand constantly looking for some guy to affirm her it's that bodybuilder who posts pics of himself in a man thong but can't stop working out for fear that somebody will tell them they don't look ripped it's the blogger who thinks they have something to say but then freaks out when there's not a lot of comments on their post it's the person whose marriage is straight awful but they will do not because of their pride and insecurity they don't want to seek out help because then people will really know i don't have it all together it's the guy that takes pride and having all the answers but can't handle being wrong it's the person that is great at everything they do but won't try new things for fear of failure. You, you see, the, the, the answer to this, this spirit of pride and insecurity is humility. That's the answer. It's, it's the attitude of Christ. See, when I'm humble, I don't think I'm too good to do anything or too bad. When I'm humble, I can take a compliment and not let it go to my head. When I'm humble, I can take criticism and not let it damage my self-worth. And the only way you grow in humility is to love others the way that God has loved us. It's a spirit of pride and insecurity that we've opened the door to. It's the churchgoer who constantly acts like they've arrived and they're blind and judging others. You know, being judgmental is one of the biggest signs that you have insecurity and pride working together. And that leads to this third door. The third door is this, the spirit of religion and old wineskin can can't just open the door for the enemy to get in the spirit of religion that is that judgmental that legalistic that poking at and looking at that old wine skin you're holding on to the last 10 years or what God used to do and not let him do a new thing in you that's just an open door and maybe maybe you haven't you've opened those doors but you're not yet at hatred if you've opened those doors you're probably at this next level though and that's cold love write that down cold love write down maybe next to it indifference it's it's a, it's just indifferent and cold love see the best test of love isn't just not doing evil right it's cuz love requires us to do good first john chapter 3 verse 16 a lot of us know john 3:16 but first john 3:16 is just as important in john see the demonstration of god's love is john 3:16 but the explanation of God's love is in 1st John 3:16. It's a beautiful contrast. In John 3:16, it says God gave his son for us. In 1st John 3:16, it says we ought to give our lives to others. Look what it says. This is how we know what love is. Do you know what love is? You know what love is? Here's what he says. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's the love of God. So how do you define love? What is love? It's important that we define love accurately. And honestly, in order to accurately define love, we got to go back to the original word love. In your, in your Bible, your New Testament was written in Greek. There was four different Greek words that they used for love. If you, Someone could tell you they love you, but they're actually, they're actually using a whole different kind of love. And if you misinterpret that, you can get real hurt if they mean a different love and not the love that you thought they were, they were meaning, right? There's four different types of love. Not in your notes, but let me give them to you. It, it, whenever you see love in the Bible, it could be one of these four loves. The first one is eros, where we get erotic. It's erotic love. It's sexual love, eros. That's the first level of love. The second is storge. Storge, that's the family love. It's the love that we have in family members in general. The third love is philia. It's the brotherly affection, brotherly kindness love. It's where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Philia love is the highest love that we are able to express apart from the help of God. Okay? Without the help of God and the intervention and presence of God, we cannot actually do this this other love that actually John is using. The word he's using here is agape. Agape love. It's a love that loves without changing. It's a self-giving love that, that gives without demanding or expecting any repayment. it it is a love that is so great that it can love what is seemingly unlovable it can still love even when it's rejected agape does not love in order to receive anything in return you see many people confuse the four loves and they end up getting hurt as a result because someone can say i love you but they mean a different whole kind of love a man could tell a woman i love you but the love might be a selfish love sure there were strong feelings in the heart but they wanted something from that person so you can say to a girl I love you but what you really mean is something like this I want something no no I don't want you I want something from you I actually don't want to wait either I'd like it as soon as possible that's not love that's the opposite of love okay love does it wants to give it seeks to make the other one happy not oneself. let's look back to this verse this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life For us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters check this out listen self-preservation it's the first law of the physical life but this is what John is saying self-sacrifice is the first law of the spiritual life and then he gives us an example of just one example of self-sacrifice he goes now if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of god be in that person because it's just a lot easier to talk about showing love to brothers and sisters and to people rather than loving that person right it's a lot easier and, and christians are famous for this by the way we believe and talk one way but practically don't live it out in our daily one-on-one relationships they want to talk about keeping christ in their christmas but they need to focus on keeping christ in their christians That was good pastor it's just talk it's just cold it's just it's just right wrong this that this is good bad it's just cold man now don't get me wrong i keep christ i want to keep christ in christmas but if that's all you do and there ain't no love it's cold it's cold it's dead it's death it's not coming from life i don't care if you put christ in your christian if they know christ in your christian is dead jesus said in matthew 24 he actually is the one who coined this this cold love phrase this indifference he said at that time he's talking about the latter days the end times that we've been studying in this first John letter at that time many will turn away from their faith and will betray the word there is to break commitment to betray let me be clear there is no such thing of love without commitment the measure of your love is found in the depth of your commitment to another person you may have heard, or maybe you've even said to someone, well, I've, I've loved once, but I've been hurt. I loved before, but I've been hurt. Or maybe you said, man, I've served before at that other church, but man, I was hurt. They, they, they used me. When someone withdraws commitment to a relationship, they are withdrawing love. And check this out, listen to me. It's not your commitment that's growing cold when you do that, it's your heart. You can sing the songs, you can go through the motions but something shifted in your heart when your commitment shifted your love started to grow cold and you played into the enemy's hand at that time Jesus continues they'll turn away from the faith will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people This is what John is talking about here because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow what it's gonna grow. so is your is your love growing hotter and brighter, and softer, more daring, more visible? Or is your love growing more calculating, more critical, less vulnerable, less available? This is important because your Christianity is only as real as your love. See, here's here's what, a, a measurable decrease in your love, it's an indicator that a stronghold of cold love is developing in your life a stronghold it's an attack of the enemy and a lie of the enemy and I'll show it to you this is what Paul was talking about in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 he says but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be not lovers of others not lovers of God lovers of themselves and lovers of money stuff boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of good treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure do you see this not lovers of rather than lovers of God. It's loving everything else but God in others having a form of godliness but denying its power and the power here yes is definitely breakthrough in the miraculous that God can do but in the context of what Paul is telling Timothy it's actually the power that he's talking about is the power to live a sanctified life It's the power to live different, to walk different. Murder, hatred, cold love, indifference, all of these, John's telling us it's death. It's walking in death. This fourth level is what he's calling us to, the test of our faith, and that is, write it down, real love. Real, it's real. It's not not fake love. It's not not a love that, that it looks like the world. It's real love. He says in verse 18, dear dear children let's not merely say we love each other let's not merely love each other with our words some of your translations say but let us show the truth by our actions right because again it can be you can be enthusiastic about helping humanity with a capital H but it's hard to love the individual man the individual woman especially those who are uninteresting or exasperating, or even depraved. See, loving everybody in general in general, may be your excuse to loving nobody in particular. I hope this is sitting in it, because you were you're thinking, you're thinking with me. Are you with me, church? Come on, are you receiving this? But does this, does this co- what does it cost for a, a follower, a true follower of Jesus to walk in this? Is it, does it cost a lot? Absolutely. You know what it costs it costs jesus his life that's what it costs that's the cost of real love it's not in your notes but check this out real love this is what it is it's serving others by dying and giving that's the example of christ that he came to serve he came to die that's what real love looks like that's the love that we are to walk in there's amen we are a lot of you are familiar with first Corinthians chapter 13 the love chapter right it's used in a lot of weddings maybe you've heard it in a wedding or two a lot of people think it's like it's for that for the husband and wife relationship but it's actually not it's a good example don't get me wrong it's a good example to speak into the love of a husband and wife but it actually is was written about the love that john is talking about here the love between brothers and sisters in christ the spiritual family is what that is written to so i want to read it to you with the context of not marriage in mind sure you can apply it for sure for sure but apply it also to your brothers and sisters in Christ I'm gonna and I didn't put it in your notes because I just want you kind of to receive this I'm gonna read it to you from the message paraphrase 1 Corinthians chapter 13 he says if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love I'm nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate if I speak God's word with power revealing all mysteries and making everything plain as day and i have a faith that can save this mountain jump and it actually jumps but i don't have love i am nothing if i give everything i own to the poor and go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but i don't have love i've got nowhere so no matter what i say what i believe or what i do i am bankrupt without love love never gives up love cares more for others than for self love doesn't want what it doesn't have Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. It, all, it, it isn't me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. This is the love that God has called us to walk in. A powerful love that cannot even be attained by yourself apart from God. This is an impossible love that God has called us to walk in. But when you walk in this love, when you know this love, when you're able to walk in it, John explains three amazing blessings and benefits that are afforded to the disciple. Who actually walks in love let me give to you the three blessings and benefits if you're gonna walk in love today number one is that you would receive God's assurance you'd receive his assurance here's why that's important man let me show it to you in verse 19 it says our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God even if we feel guilty some of your translations say even if our heart condemns us God is greater than our feelings I want to say that again God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything sometimes our hearts condemn us does anyone ever have that where your heart will will just start to condemn you and you feel the accusation of your own conscience jeremiah 17 says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things that no one can actually know it but here listen we actually have a new heart in christ he's giving you a new heart and a new spirit inside of you you don't have to listen to the old nature and the old heart you can listen to god who is greater than our feelings and i'm reminded of peter who in the moment of his like total like failure and disappointment he denied jesus three times and he goes back to his career of fishing and jesus shows up on the beach after his resurrection and says come follow me again peter get over here and he 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 has a moment with him of assurance where he says peter do you love me do you love me and he restores peter because he wants him to have this assurance you got to be careful man because this the lie of the enemy the accusation of the enemy is seeking to rob you of this confidence that you have in christ To rob you of this assurance in revelation chapter 12 verse 10 in this end times it actually says that i heard a loud voice and this is actually john writing this about the end times like after the end time stuff he said then i heard a loud voice in heaven say now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters that's who satan is the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God, day and night, has been hurled down. Now, that's what happens in like after the end times. Satan is going to be hurled down in the pit, but he's not there yet. He's still doing that thing. He's still doing the first thing, accusing day and night. I want you to see what John is doing. He's connecting this assurance versus accusation. He's connecting that. It's another contrast that John is making but he's connecting it to our love for others. Here's what he's saying. When we're walking in love, our hearts are receptive to God, who even though the enemy is accusing us, God is greater than our feelings. And the the assurance of God trumps the accusation of the enemy and I can walk in the victory of his love. Though the enemy accuses us, God is greater than our feelings, but when our love grows cold toward others, it grows cold towards God. And the accusations come and you can't, you can't hear the assurance, you can't, you can't receive the word of God because you're cold love. Listen to me to anyone today that is, that is you're, 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 you're depressed, you're anxious, you, you feel disappointment, you, you, you're, you're even questioning your worth. This is what John is saying. You are not walking, the, the enemy has lied to you. Somewhere down there is a the root of a lie where love started to grow cold in your life and in th- your battle is not what you think it is it's actually so much deeper that somewhere in your life love started to grow cold because if you were walking in this supernatural love the voice of your father would tell you who you are he would say you are mine you're a princess you are a prince of the king and it would trump it would overshadow the the accusation of the enemy this is the benefit the blessing Of walking in this real love we have this this assurance from God even though the accusations come at us day and night the voice of God trumps the accusation here's the second benefit This is a good one the second benefit of walking in love is that we receive answered prayers anyone want answered prayers anyone up in here man 20 of us the rest of you suckers can do whatever you want then man we're gonna have a good time and look at what it says in verse 21 Dear friends, if our hearts, oh, look at this, man. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. See, what the enemy is after is your heart, he's after the confidence that's that's really what's happening when he's accusing you and he's telling you lies and telling you you're not and it ain't and you are and and you're buying into that stuff what he's doing is he's causing your heart to lose confidence and because you don't have the confidence you're actually your stance with god you're not operating from his kingdom you're not operating from life listen you're operating from death you're listening to the wrong father oh you're 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 here in the wrong house and he says we got confidence with God and receive from him everything we ask because we keep his commands and do what please him Now, this doesn't mean that we earn answers to our prayers from God by loving you know the spiritual family and our brothers and sisters and in Christ what he's saying is your love for your brothers and sisters in christ proves that you're in the will of god where god can answer your prayers that's where he answers your prayers from his will so here's here's the question so this is rhetorical you don't please you don't need to answer it but does god listen to all prayers i mean the common answer would just be yeah he's god of course well let's let the bible tell us psalm 66 18 if i had not confessed the sin in my heart the lord would not have what here's here's the truth god does not listen to all prayers first peter chapter three peter explained that if a husband and wife are not walking if they're walking in enmity and offense towards each other then their prayers are hindered yeah your relationship to your spiritual family, your brothers and sisters in Christ, cannot be disconnected, disjointed from your prayer life with God. They can't. It, it can cause a deaf ear. Psalm 37 and 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, this isn't like, oh, man, there we go. I, now I know how to get what I want from God. That's not what it's saying here, okay? What it's saying is, this, when you're walking in this love, he gives you a new heart a new spirit and you're delighting yourself in him and he changes you from the inside out your mind and your heart the things that you even desire will change to what you're now walking in love walking in his will and your desires become the will of God this is the benefit here, here that John is us. this is the blessing why this is so important that your walk you identify that you're testing the spirits to see if I'm walking in death Or I'm walking in life, because those who walk in love and walk in life, not only do we receive answered prayers, but we receive the assurance of God amidst the accusation of the enemy. Here's the third one, the third blessing God wants to give you, man, by walking in love is the abiding Holy Spirit. When the scribes asked Jesus what the most important command was, remember, he gave them two commands, right? He was like no not one it's two love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it he said love your neighbor as yourself we're here in first john chapter 3 23 we have kind of that command in one verse look what he says and this is the command to believe in the name of his son jesus christ and to love one another as he's commanded us the one who keeps god's commands lives in him and he in them see faith Faith toward God and our love for our spiritual family, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. What John is telling us here is you; those are inseparable. You cannot have this loving and faith relationship with God and yet grow cold towards your brothers and sisters in Christ and not have love for the family of God. And it's so easy to emphasize faith or correct doctrine and to minimize love. For some of you for others of you it's all about love and doctrine don't matter no no it's all about love no, no 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 love and truth matter doctrine and love matters and this is how we know that he lives in us look what he says we know it by the spirit he gave us here's what John is saying check this out to walk in the spirit is to walk in love when I'm not walking in love Loving others, not just love here. When I'm not walking in love toward my brothers and sisters, I'm not walking in the spirit. I'm not listening to my, my heavenly father. I'm walking in death. I may love God. You may think you're hearing from God, but you're being deceived. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, there's the test. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. It's not like if you go to church, be filled with the Holy Spirit, memorize your Bible, go to small groups, serve, give, all, all those stuff. Is, it, it's, it's good, but void of this, remember, I'm nothing. It's bankrupt if we love one another that's what reveals god lives in us not only is he living in us but his love is being made complete in us this is how we know we live in him and he in us he has given us what his spirit the spirit that causes us to walk in love and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God God lives in them and they in God verse 16 check it out so we know and rely on the love God has for us what are you relying on God is love whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them these three levels of death murder hatred cold love all a lie of the enemy that we have believed but God is inviting us to real love first first by demonstrating that love to us through his son of what Jesus did for us on the cross he died and he gave and then he didn't stay there but he imparted to us the Holy Spirit so that we could not only experience that love but walk in real love ourself.